That's the goal ultimately of the Word of God. It is to change our behavior, change our heart. And that's where I think devotional Bible studies can have a benefit to people. Welcome to Working with the Word, a currently bi-weekly podcast designed to equip you with the skills and confidence for deeper daily Bible study. I'm Jeff O'Rear. And I'm Emerson Brown. Thank you for tuning into episode 87 of Working with the Word. As in the previous two years, we're slowing things down in the months of November and December by releasing episodes every other week focusing on a topic related to Bible reading or study. This year's final four will feature interviews with Jason Harden, Jacob Hudgens, Deanie Ward, and Mark McCrary, all on the subject of reading the Bible devotionally. We are pleased to share with you today our conversation with Mark McCrary. We hope that you'll enjoy and be blessed by it. Hello, welcome to today's episode. I'm Emerson Brown with my co-host, Jeff O'Rear. We have a special guest with us today, Mark McCrary, who's going to talk to us about devotional reading. Mark is an evangelist in Louisville, Kentucky at the Douglas Hills Church. He is from Mississippi and has preached in Florida, Mississippi, Grenada, and now in Louisville for 23 years. He and Teresa have been married for 33 years and have three wonderful daughters. He is one of the hosts of Douglas Hills Facebook video devotional, Morning 4321. And just want to mention a personal note for me, Mark is a mentor and a good friend of mine. So I'm especially excited to have him on the show to help us continue thinking about our final four series on reading the Bible devotionally. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you very much, Emerson. Thank you, Jeff. Emerson, I'm excited about this because I get to evaluate you. <laughs> you oh, here. As a preacher. Yeah, Emerson was in a, a, our two-year training program. How many years ago was that, Emerson? Uh, 10, about 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Wow. Um, and uh, you are, I mean, you are always just impressed me with your earnestness uh, in your your study, in your love for the Lord. And you you grew a lot in those two years from this somewhat timid young man. <laughs> yes. Mean, what I see now is a man with a beard. <laughs> I did not have a beard then. <laughs> you did not have a beard then. And you didn't have any facial hair then, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> We can talk about Emerson for the next 40 minutes if we <laughs> want don't. to, uh, but tell you what, I think, I think Emerson would probably prefer we uh, jump into the, the rest of today's conversation. Yeah, so. uh, Mark, we're uh, talking about devotional Bible reading here in this final section of our episodes this year, and just trying to figure out how we can approach the Bible in this way, what that really means. So just starting with some what and why kind of questions. What does devotional Bible reading or kind of devotional Bible study mean, maybe at least as you would think about that? Um, I mean, that's a really that's a really great fundamental question, Jeff, that sort of hones in, I think, what this is all about. Because on one level, you could argue all Bible study ought to be devotional. Mm-hmm. Devotional conveys the idea of devoted to, all right? And it's that idea of not only bringing in our mind— and our knowledge, but also bringing in our heart. And while we may sort of run from this idea, I think it's a biblical idea, bringing our feelings into the equation. Um, And Mm -hmm. so devotional Bible study is, I want to make this clear, at least from my understanding of things and the way I would approach it, devotional Bible study is built upon Bible study, okay? 
if you start with devotional Bible study, you don't really know what you're studying. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who's uh, not an active believer, and he was asking me uh, earnestly, what's the biblical view on reincarnation? Okay, <laughs> well, the answer is there is no biblical view on reincarnation. And right. the, the problem is he has been reading stuff and reading what people have said about what the Bible says about reincarnation. But I told him, but we've got to go back to the Bible. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one thing as we get into this that I would really emphasize to people who are thinking about uh, approaching the word of God in a devotional sort of way, as far as their study goes, is we need to make sure we have a good biblical foundation, first of all. So I would never encourage anyone on their first, you know, as a new Christian, hey, pick up this devotional book and let that be your primary thing. Mm -hmm. um, we need to point people to the Bible. Now, once someone starts having a pretty good handle on the Bible, then that's mm -hmm. where I think a devotional approach can come into the picture and add a lot of uh, growth to the individual. So that would be the first thing. Um, I found one writer who wrote what devotional Bible study isn't. He said, it's not a doctrinal argument. It's not a commentary. It's not a theological textbook. And it's not designed to change one's mind, but rather it's meant to change one's heart. Mm -hmm. All right. So I, th I think those are some really good ideas that begin to help, at least me, clarify what's the distinction between a Bible study. Just you're opening up your Bible. You're studying the text. You guys do the inductive Bible study, which I think is a great way to better understand the Bible, but how do I take this information that I've gained and start applying it to my heart? Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think that definitely leads into kind of this why question there, kind of want to explore that idea more. I think everybody has a desire or hopefully has that desire to find that connection to the word of God and how it's relating to their life and relating to their heart and that relationship then also with the Lord too. So why approach the Bible in this way? I mean, why not just, you know, I just want information. I just want those doctrinal arguments to beat my neighbor, or <laughs> I just want, you know, the things that I can check off my list. What's a, a reason that we should approach Bible study this way? Well, the psalmist said, your word I've hidden in my heart so I can beat my neighbor up. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. That's right. The psalmist said, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Ultimately, what God desires from us is a relationship, all right? And I know that becomes a pat answer sometimes, but I genuinely believe that's the biblical answer. God, in, in the garden, what was lost between humanity and God was this coexisting relationship that God built us for. That's the reason why we're made in his image. We can relate to God in a way that animals cannot. That's what God wants from us. Sin changed all that. So God's word is telling us this is what you need to do to get back into that relationship. But simply gaining knowledge doesn't define a relationship. I mean, look, we're all married, right? Mm -hmm. Just because I know my wife's birthday or I know what she wants doesn't mean we have a relationship with each other. Okay. So, I mean, that may help the relationship. Knowledge is important, but that doesn't define the relationship. So I think one of the reasons why is as we gain that information within our lives, the big question becomes, well, what do I do with this information? 
How does it draw me closer to the Lord? Um, what am I supposed to gain from Psalm 23, Isaiah 24, uh, Mark chapter 5? What is this text telling me that will help me to understand God better, to understand Jesus better, to understand the Holy Spirit better? And so I think that's one of the values in a devotional Bible study. Now, I think one of the questions that maybe we can ask ourselves is, okay, how does one go about conducting a devotional Bible study? And, and there are a lot of different ways that you can do this. You can find a reading plan that has a topical approach to things. So you may find a reading plan that looks at just the life of Christ, or uh, you may start studying through baptism in the New Testament. Study the correlation of the Passover with the Lord's Supper, okay? There are a lot of different things you can say. I'm going to, okay, I've studied for a while, and I think I've got a pretty decent overall feel for the Bible. I can always build upon it, but I've, I've read through the Bible two times so far, and I want to change things up a little bit this time. So I'm going to sort of pick a theme. That could be a devotion. You could do a reading plan. I've talked to Emerson about what I'm doing right now where I'm reading through the chapter and I'm underlining and writing in the margin of my Bible what that chapter tells me about God. Now, that's all I'm reading that chapter for. I'm not reading that chapter to, to understand um, a historical narrative, okay? Mm -hmm. That information is already in the background. I'm reading that chapter to discover what I learn about God. Or it may be God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, now, what I'm going to do, and I'm almost finished, I'm in First John right now, what I'm going to do when I finish Revelation is I'm going to, I'm going to get another Bible with another wide margin, and I'm going to go through, starting in Genesis 1, and I'm going to look at what does this text tell me about humanity? What do I need? To, what's this text telling me that I need to learn about myself in a positive way or a negative way? And then after that, um, that's going to be like a year later, I'm going to, I've got another Bible that has a blank page between every text page, and I'm just going to write summaries. So there are times that you can start just looking at particular things, all right? Um, you might want to write down as you read through a chapter, what's the application that I get out of this chapter? All right, mm -hmm. those, aren't, those aren't the primary way I need to read Scripture, all right. right. Emphasize that again. But once you've read through scripture a couple of times, I think that's a it's for me, it's been an exciting way to look at the same text again in a different way. Um, and then sometimes people pick up devotional books. All right. So Gary Henry's books that he's written or they may there may be uh, a denominational person that you have some kind of degree of trust in. And usually what those are is they revolve around a text and maybe the writer writes a little short paragraph or a page just to give you something to reflect upon. You can see that in social media sometimes. Um, yeah. People do that. That's a devotional approach. Is it is it helpful? Well, sure. You know, when my wife goes out of town, I pick up a frozen pizza. All right. <laughs> does it accomplish the task? Yes, it does. Is it as good as her cooking? Obviously not. And so, um, and, and I will say, I've had Teresa's cooking, and, and I agree. That's right. So, to be clear, again, reading through the text is like home cooking. 
Okay. But the devotional is something that can be helpful to an individual. Now, you know, you may say, as you think about that, well, you know, but you're reading something someone else has written. But people do that all the time when they listen to you guys preach, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you've picked out a text, you've studied it, you're sharing it. We find value in that. Mm -hmm. So, but here's one of the, the dangers. If you don't know the text and you're reading what someone else has said about the text, you don't know whether they're approaching it properly or not. Mm-hmm. So again, we've got to be students of the word, first of all, before we can start approaching it in a devotional way. Yeah, one of the values of this is kind of summarize where we're at, at this point is taking this information. And like you said, what are we going to do with this information? We could almost say, and, and maybe maybe you said this, or maybe it was something someone else said earlier, but this idea of devotional Bible study is taking that next step in our Bible study. It's not just reading it academically, but it's reading it to know God better. Right. And you mentioned going through the Bible and having a question, what does this teach me about God or speaking a theme baptism? I think that's really helpful because sometimes whenever we are studying, we don't know what to look for. We don't know what, what questions we're supposed to be asking. And if we're going into it with a very broad question, which is, you know, what does this teach us about God? You can't get any broader than that. Yeah. That, that's a really helpful way of putting up a framework and trying to figure out what each, each chapter fills. How does that fill in that framework? Yeah. And so uh, that's, that's a helpful way of kind of approaching scripture as a tool. Right. Well, you know, Emerson, you and I talked, um, this is confession time as a gospel preacher, but I've run into a lot of preachers who have said the same thing. So much of my daily life is in the word, preparing for a sermon, preparing for a Bible class, and I found over the years that my own personal study for my own personal growth was lacking. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so, okay, well, I'll start reading. I found myself struggling to read through three chapters or even a chapter sometimes. And it, you know, I had to go on this little personal um, quest to try to figure out why is that? Because I love the word. And it, it finally hit me that every time I pick up the Bible, I pick it up for a reason. There's a purpose behind it, maybe to write a sermon, to study the Bible. So I thought, well, let me try that with my own personal study. And so hence, you know, the the question of what do I learn about God was one that helped me this time. Uh, In the past, you know, what do I learn about, you know, individual characters, but just going back to God uh, Mm -hmm. is, is foundational. And when I started approaching the Bible and my own personal study with a purpose, that changed everything. Suddenly, it was, I was going in there, you know, I had my, my Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass out. And I'm, I'm not going in there to discover what the text says. Again, that's processing the background. But now I've got a quest. And that helped me a lot. And I found in talking to other preachers sometimes that they've discovered the same thing. Or when I shared that, they're going like, I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. I have the same problem sometimes. So the devotional approach can be extremely helpful to even preachers Absolutely. when we are sometimes studying, because sometimes it's it's second verse, same as the first. Or second, sometimes I would be studying and I would recognize, hey, I know what's coming next. I'll sort of jump ahead because this is a little boring, you know, <laughs> you know, Leviticus again. Um, so 
that's been very helpful. And I think just going back to God, going back to who we are, can boil things down to their core elements, because that's what the Bible's all about, right? Yeah. It's about God and us. Mm -hmm. All right. Those two questions right there. So approaching a biblical study from that standpoint, I think can be a fresh way of, of doing a Bible study. And, and also I'd say, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but I think sometimes we, we really downplay our feelings and we really downplay an emotional response to scriptures. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a, a meeting announcement years ago and it said on the meeting announcement, no emotional appeals. <laughs> and I thought, what kind of preaching is that? I mean, Acts chapter two, wasn't that an emotional appeal? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're not trying to manipulate people's emotions, but if this book comes from God and it, it is given to us to address the core issues of life, it has, and if it is given to us to build a relationship, it has to, by its very nature, be emotional, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you find in Psalm 51 uh, where where David said, you know, God, you're not after sacrifices. What you want is my heart. And I think even the words of Jesus to the woman at the well, where he said in John chapter 4, verse 23, 24, 25, that God wants people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, the big question is, what does he mean by spirit there? Is that the idea of the Holy Spirit? I think you can make a big case. It's, it's the human spirit. He wants to engage the human spirit in worship. And so I, I think a devotional approach can help us to engage that emotional side of who we are. I think the reminder that I always need is kind of, first of all, to remind myself that I'm not comparing myself to people who are older than me or people have had more experience with the word than me. You know, some people have had had more of that foundation that have been laid. And so the types of things that they do are going to be different than what I do. And that kind of relates to this idea that I'm always reminding myself and hopefully reminding our audience too, uh, if, especially if we're thinking about a relationship, you know, relationship is not just something that comes up right overnight and then is there for a day and then is gone. And hopefully the relationship is something that builds over time. So hopefully there's a recognition of God is patient with us and we should be patient with ourselves as well as we're building all of this. Yeah. And thinking about two, let's say, Five years from now, you've got a fifth Bible and you're going through again in your wide margins and you're, you know, approaching chapter by chapter of what am I learning about God here? I'm assuming probably not any major, you know, doctrinal differences, but do you think Mark in five years from now would have a different answer to some of those things? Or you think if Mark five years ago went through the Bible and looked at that kind of thing, that there'd be different perspectives? I something that devotional reading to me thinks that it's you encounter different things through different stages of life too. Right. Oh no, I, I I think if Mark in five years from now can't look at a text and draw different things out of it, then Mark in five years from now is a failure. I mean, you guys have been preaching long enough. If you pick pick out a sermon that you preached your first year of preaching and you try to re-preach that, <laughs> how much how difficult is that? Yeah. You're not the same person anymore. Growth has taken place. So, but you know, the same thing happens with regular Bible study, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you read through a text and you're doing the inductive Bible study, 
you're going to find different things than you did a few years ago. So yeah, growth is is the key to to any of this. You talked about a little bit ago uh, some of the dangers that can happen either sometimes through our preaching or maybe if we're doing this ourselves. But maybe maybe thinking about some of that, we we obviously want to highlight strengths. We want to highlight you know a good why of why we would approach the Bible in this way. But to to kind of keep us on guard to things to watch out for, what do I need to be aware of that can be a danger when it comes to devotional reading? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. Uh, going back to something that was pointed out earlier, I, I first need to make sure I've got a really good biblical foundation to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that I've read through the Bible three or four times, but it does mean that I, I have to be able to discern if I'm reading what someone else has written, that what, they are, what they're telling me is, is correct. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I've got a library full of people who are evangelicals, Calvinists. Um, I've got a library of their writings here, and I find value in them sometimes. But I'm 54 years old. I've been a, a Christian for um, 40-something years. I've been preaching for 25 years, so I've, I've got a little ability to discern that. But if you've only been a Christian for a little while— that's not the best way to approach things. Mm-hmm. So that would be one thing. Um, I would not. I would never. If someone's listening to this and they're wanting to approach it, I just do. I think that my biblical foundation is strong enough for me to do this. That would be one thing. Another problem I think that you have to recognize right away is it's very easy to take things out of context, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not following the narrative to figure out what it's telling you. You're looking at the narrative for a secondary or tertiary value, Um, but you can pull things out of context, okay? Um, And I think that's probably the biggest danger that someone needs to be aware of. And again, if you're reading a devotional book, how far out is the person who wrote this book, all right? And by that, I mean, you know, there are some evangelicals that I would have a, a great deal of confidence in, in in reading something that they wrote, okay? Um, and there are others that are just wacky, all right? So <laughs> you, you need to be able to discern, is this someone who I think has a, while I may disagree on some doctrinal issues with this person, I, I think this person has a pretty good handle on the overall message of scripture or the deity of Christ or some of the really fundamental doctrines. So I think those would be some of the key concerns I would have, you know, yeah. what about you guys? I think about that context idea and probably more, not so much taking stuff out of context, but just really relying on, I think I've always thought, you know, devotional reading is like what you talked about a moment ago of somebody puts one passage of scripture at the top of a page, they give their three paragraph thought about it. And then they give, you know, some type of closing, you know, quote or application or whatever, and just saying, oh, what this person said is the end all of that of that passage and moving on, rather than this person has given me something to think about, and I need to think more about how this is drawing me to that verse that was you know, really the key that's at the top, and that I need to get into that verse, into the context of that, and just kind of really that idea of, I, I like reading there's those devotionals. I like reading blogs and stuff like that, but relying too much on that and not relying on the foundation of scripture itself. Right. Yeah. I think a 
a devotional, uh, maybe this is something of what Jeff was talking about, but a devotional leaves me wanting more of scripture is the kind of devotional that I think I would want. I mean, one of the things I like about devotionals and, you know, picking up, again, the library I've got now is I want to be challenged with something that maybe I didn't consider on my own. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's why I find value in looking at what denominational writers say sometimes. I know what my brethren are going to say for the most part on a text or a subject. And obviously that doesn't mean I agree, I disagree with my brethren or I agree with a denominational writer, but it does mean um, we've got to be, we've got to be challenged in our yeah. spiritual growth. And, and so sometimes a, someone who's writing something in a devotion, they may show me something within a text that I didn't see. And I love that. I really, I really love that exploration and discovery process um, that sometimes can come out. And, and even if you're doing your own devotional, where you're doing a summary, and I think a summary is a great devotional, um, because you're not, you're not doing the inductive study where you're looking at words and looking at uh, phrases that keep popping up. You're just sitting back and you're just going to write a summary. Summaries are a great way to show that you've, you've gotten the overall message of a chapter. But when you start studying something on your own, even in a devotional way, what I love is when you start seeing things that, you know, three years ago you missed. All right. Yeah. And because you are, you are growing and you should be growing, but your brain starts being challenged by what you're reading and your brain starts processing it. I mean, I've just last night I was reading through some stuff. Um, I couldn't sleep and I was up and I was just reading through uh, Paul's words in first Timothy chapter one. And that whole statement where he's talking about, I'm the, the foremost of sinners. And I just started go, playing through in my mind some ways I hadn't looked at that before. Um, so, I, and that then helps us to think about where we stand with God, which again, is that whole idea of devotion. So that's what a devotional is supposed to do. Whether it's written by someone else who wrote some questions, some application, it's your own you know, concoction of how you're going to study it thematically, whatever. But it's that process of looking at the text in a different way to bring you closer to the Lord. I remember when, when I was there, we studied through the letters to Timothy. And after we studied first Timothy, if I'm not mistaken, you had me write a summary of the letter. Maybe yep. it was second Timothy. I don't remember. But it's I called. typed up a, which but maybe you need to do it again. <laughs> yeah, really. But I remember typing up a three or four page summary of of the, the letter and I turned it in and you read it and you said, this is good, but this isn't really what I was asking for, because it was more of a, an academic exercise for me that I understood the text at a very basic level. Yeah. But what you were asking for was how, do, how am I going to apply this? Yeah. And I think that's what you're, you're talking about there when you're describing a summary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I can't approach the Bible first and foremost with application, all right, because mm -hmm. I'm putting the cart before the horse. I have to approach the Bible to gain information. But guys, if we don't apply that information at the end of the day, I, I'm not sure what we've gained. It has mm -hmm. become just an intellectual exercise. Mm -hmm. And again, my heart hasn't been stirred 
And, and that's, that's where the beauty of personal growth comes in. It doesn't just come from gaining information. It comes from this holistic, total application of the human being to, to God that involves the word, but it, it is when the word begins to change the way we think, the way we act. That's the goal, ultimately, of the word of God. It, it is to change our behavior, change our heart. And that's where I think devotional Bible studies can have a benefit to people. Can you tell us some about what you all do with Douglas Hills and your 4321 program? We've talked to some other folks who you know, maybe have done some things through writing, but you all do something through kind of, isn't it supposed to be within like four minutes? Isn't yes. that right? So It's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, COVID came around and just shocked everybody. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly churches started trying to figure out how do we get content out? And um, I mean, as you guys know, doing the podcast, um, that's time consuming. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to try to figure out something that could be done four days a week, relatively quickly, that would give people something just to think about. And so we came up with the four, three, two, one. It was supposed to be four minutes. That's the four, three preachers, um, me, David Norfleet, who is my fellow preacher here. He's focused on evangelism and then the intern mm-hmm. and then uh, two applications. So one would be reading the text or reading portions of the text. And the two, the other two guys would give an application and then one text. So four, three, two, one. And that was something that I felt like we got, it was easy to do. It was beneficial. It's, it's not to, meant to be a deep delve into the word of God. Okay. Yeah. It is meant to be something, hey, we're in the middle of your morning. If you can break away for four minutes, mm-hmm. we want to just give you something to think about that you can process for the rest of the day. Or maybe not in the middle of the morning since it's recorded on a Facebook and YouTube. You can watch it later, whenever's convenient for you. But something that's just, hey, what, what is it that you saw within this text? And that's it. Now, we don't have an intern right now, so it's been the 4-2-2-1, which sort of loses <laughs> you know, its, its cleverness. So we're going to, in two weeks, um, this week, David Norfleet's gone some of next week. Next week, I'm going to be gone a lot. We're going to rebrand it to the morning five. And w- one of the things that we found in doing this, because we want to keep it to around four minutes, there was no real conversation back and forth. It's just, here's the text, you, you, thanks a lot, bye. Which has its value, I guess, but we're going we're gonna to start calling it the morning five. We're going to take five minutes. We're going to read through the text, and then just one's going to give an application. We're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it's still going to be five minutes long with an application, okay? Yeah. So, you know, again, I don't want all of our Bible studies to be like that here at the church, okay, when we come together with each other. Uh, and if someone, if that's their steady diet of the word of God, there are going to be problems in their life. But is this something that can, is someone struggling during the course of the day? And we go through Psalm 8, where the psalmist says, what is man that you're mindful of him? And just bring up, hey, I know you're struggling right now, but look, God values you. And we are low, but God has lifted us up in an incredible way. And you need to be thankful for that. Mm-hmm into discussion. If that helps somebody, then that's time well spent. Yeah. Yeah. I think those devotionals are a, a good example of what a healthy devotional reading would look like. So I, I really appreciate uh, the, I'm, So I'm looking forward to the morning five. Yeah. And, and the neat thing is it's not hard to do in a biblical way. Look, you don't have to, 
you don't have to struggle with the word of God to find application, something that you can bring into your life and act upon. Now, you know, going through the Psalms, there have been a couple of times where this is not a, a derogatory statement at all, but the Psalms are repetitive in some ways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there have been s- several that it's like, well, once again, David's reminding us of our focus on the Lord and how he's our de- our deliverer, our rocker. Well, that's fine. David repeated himself. The psalmist repeated themselves quite often. So that's okay. But, you know, when someone tells me I'm just not getting anything out of the Bible, they're telling me they're not trying. There is so much application, so much that we can, uh, on a secondary level, find encouragement with just from studying the Word of God. Uh, it is so rich and it's so valuable. And and again, you, you, you generally don't have to work really hard at it. We can put these out pretty quickly because it's like you read over. Yeah, I think I want to focus on verse five. Okay, so okay, I want to do either verse 12 or verse five, but if you're going to do five, I'll do 17. Okay, okay, that's and there's value to it. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't change anyone's life radically, but it's just something, a little nugget during the course of the day that will help you find value in the word of God. So as we start to wrap this up, we always end with a few questions. We we gave you one of them to think about. One of the questions that, or I guess the question that spurred Jeff and I to start this podcast was we kept hearing this phrase, what does deeper Bible study mean? We kept hearing people talk about, we want deeper Bible study. We want to go deeper in our understanding of the word. And so we wanted to dive into that. So if you were to hear that phrase, what does that mean to you? What does deeper Bible study mean to you? Jesus in uh, John 17, 17 said, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And then Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16 said, we have the mind of Christ. All right. So for me, deeper, deeper Bible study means I know where to look for truth. And that's the Bible. Okay. We're all in agreement, and probably everyone who listens to your podcast agrees upon that. What is the Bible ultimately? Paul's message in 1 Corinthians 2 with the issue of inspiration is when we're inspired and we're writing, we have the mind of Christ. This isn't, as Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, some prophet just writing his own thing because he's figured things out that he was really wise back in his day. No, Peter says, these guys were moved by the Holy Spirit. So this is God's message. Um, And then I think about what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, where he's talking about, you know, his own, where he was and what he could have looked at within himself that he valued. And then beginning in verse 7, he says this, that everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. In answer to the question, what does deeper Bible study mean to me? 
I, I find value in what Paul said. It means to know Christ. Uh, and that's going to involve knowledge, but it's going to involve, again, the relationship. And it's going to involve my heart. And having been at this for a little longer than you guys have, um, I, I will encourage you and just tell you, 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 you know this already, but your love for the Lord grows. And my love for the Lord is not where it was 10 years ago, five years ago. And I'm thankful for that. I, there are times I wish it were deeper, but as you said earlier, Jeff, you know, this isn't a race. Well, I guess in some ways, Paul said it's a race. <laughs> <laughs> so different metaphor. You yes. know, we are, we're approaching this day by day. And deeper Bible study means I want to study the word of God to know Christ better. Not just to know the Greek or the Hebrew, um, not just as you said earlier, to, you know, beat up our Calvinist friends or anything like that but to really grasp what is this text, what's God trying to get me to understand by giving me this narrative or giving me this story um, or giving me this, this um, text that Paul wrote to a church. What is the heart of that? What am I supposed to, how am I supposed to be benefited from this narrative? That's what deeper Bible study needs to me. That's the right. No, I'm just kidding. Every answer we get to that is always is always very enlightening, and uh, we just always appreciate getting to hear people's, especially with people with lots of wisdom, talk about that. Mark, as well, a, a podcast with someone with lots of wisdom, <laughs> yeah. But, but no, guys, I do think that a lot of times, you know, we turn Bible study into I got to read three chapters, or I got to read one chapter, or right. I want to find out what this word means in the Hebrew, and and that could be beneficial. Um, mm -hmm. There's no question about that. And sometimes if you just reach three chapters because you disciplined yourself to do it, God bless you. You did something good. All right. But as you grow to see that God gave this to us, because human beings haven't changed in thousands of years. That's the reason why Solomon could write, you know, Vanity of Vanities, you know, it says in chapter one, the, the rivers flow into the sea and the sea flows in the rivers. Nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Human beings are human beings. The, the issues that we see that David had with lust, Solomon had with lust, guess what? People still have that with lust. Solomon with riches and wealth. Human beings are the same. And so this book written in different languages, different cultures, different lands, different times, there is a timeless relevance that it has to us in the 21st century. And that's mm -hmm. what I've got to discover. Maybe so that's the second answer. What does deeper Bible study mean to me? Discovering what that relevance is. There we go. I don't know if we've ever gotten two answers for that one question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, we'll take what we can get here for sure. Just Mark, as of find out which one you like the best. <laughs> okay, there you go. As of when recording this, the end of October here, what is your current favorite book of the Bible? Oh, um, you know, Hosea in the Old Testament is one that, as I read through it last time, um, and by the way, if my wife listens to this, I have a great marriage, so I'm not related <laughs> to his marriage situation, <laughs> but just that reminder that sometimes God's people have to go through some rotten things, and, you know, we are so conditioned to think that my life and its significance 
it's based upon how much I enjoy it. And I'm just challenged when I read Hosea and God's going like, that's not really the significance here. The significance is that you get what I'm trying to get across to you and you convey that. So guess what? You're going to be married to a woman who doesn't love you. Okay. Wow, that's tough. Um, that's that takes a, it takes a a lot of maturity to understand. Of course, I mean you throw in the book of Job as well, you know, just all through these great biblical characters. So Hosea would be one of those. Um I enjoyed Mark, probably the Gospel of Mark, um, more recently than I did before Colossians recently, really pulling in how chapter three pulls the whole thing together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there you go. Similar to that, favorite Bible character, maybe it's Hosea, maybe it's uh, Mark or or Paul. You can't say Jesus, but you can (laughs) pick anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I've been through that in a Bible class. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the other Bible class answer is, uh, what do we do to pray? Yeah, that's right. Study our Bibles. Jesus and prayer in the Bible. Uh, (laughs) You know, one of the ones, and he's not, you know, he's not like this great character, but one of the ones I always go back to is Gideon. Hmm. Um, And and Gideon's another one of those that I just, I see so much of myself and humanity in Gideon. He is, you know, he's you're first introduced to Gideon and he's threshing wheat and hiding it because he's afraid. And then the angel, you know, the angel Lord appears to him and says, you know, you mighty man of valor. And I'm reading this and I think everybody's reading and go like, I don't see a mighty man of valor. (laughs) But I'm encouraged by that because there what the angel is saying is not where you are but where you can be and where God knows you can be. And even when Gideon did the whole fleece thing, I find in my own life, uh, those times that it's not that I doubt God, but it's like, God, just give me a little bit more. Give me a, help me out just a little bit more. And I relate to Gideon in that the whole thing where the, his men get whittled down to 300 and then he's still unsure. So God lets him go to the camp and lets him listen and I find in that just so wonderful, even though Gideon could have been stronger, you know, he should have had greater faith. God is so patient with him. And I'm encouraged by that. Then in those moments where I've not been as strong as I needed to, God's not shaking his finger at me with disdain, but he's just like, okay, Mark, okay, I'll help you out a little bit more. Of course, he he fumbles at the end, which is really discouraging with that whole right. story. Yeah, 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 that's the long answer to your question. I could have just said Gideon. <laughs> we always want an explanation as to why you can't just give a one-word answer. Right. Well, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have one more question, and it is it's probably the most important question we'll ask, and this is a really serious one. What would be a more perfect day for you? A day sailing with pirates or a day aboard the Starship Enterprise? <laughs> Man, I can't do I have to have an answer for that. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's a tough one, man. I told uh, you it's the the most serious. <laughs> yeah, on a on a uh, on a romantic level, uh, I, I think the sailing on a pirate ship um, <laughs> with the billowing sails and the wind at your back and everything. But the reality is, um, people had rotten teeth back then. Personal <laughs> hygiene was horrible. Uh, scurvy was a big deal. 
I'm pretty sure on the Starship Enterprise, those issues wouldn't be a problem. So <laughs> I'll right. take the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> and if there were issues, they'd probably have some type of pill or some type of beam that's that right. they shoot you with and it'd just yeah. be done. So. Yeah, that's right. So then you're all good. <laughs> yeah. Mark, thank you so much for being with us today, for talking about these things. We get to learn a lot about you know some of your insights there at the end of just how you're viewing scripture, but also just some great things about uh, reading the Bible devotionally, some great things for us to consider wherever we are. Uh, maybe we're still building some of that foundation. Maybe we're starting to try to take some of those next steps. I think this has been a really helpful conversation today. Well, hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for the invitation and uh, just the ability to explore this topic with people. I hope it can be helpful to people on some level. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. All right. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Love you too. So, Jeff, what was your one thing from our conversation with Mark you'll take? It was something that just helped me to remember devotional reading, which is something I feel like I'm still kind of learning and struggling with, is kind of just, it needs to come after there's a good foundation. And I know that I've got a decent foundation, but I'm still, I think, working on my good foundation overall. And uh, just how devotional reading can be very important, very helpful, but there, there needs to be that good foundation there. I thought the way that he talked about that was just really well stated. What about you? I think it was really helpful to hear him give an example of how he's going through. He's got a Bible. He's going through every chapter and just each chapter thinking, what does this teach me about God? And that was helpful for me because, you know, devotional reading is something that needs a purpose. And sometimes it's hard to know, like, where to start. And so having a question or a purpose in mind, many times I feel like I don't know what to look for or I'm not finding the answers because I don't know what questions to ask. And you can't get really a better question than what does this teach me about God? And so (laughs) that really gives me a good way to start. I think that's something that I want to implement in my own devotional reading is something like that. Maybe not necessarily the whole Bible in that way. Maybe maybe I will do that at one point. But just having a purpose or a question in mind, what am I looking for as I'm reading through this? So that was for me. So as always, our challenge for our audience is to think about your one thing. What was it from our conversation with Mark that was helpful for you that you'll take away as you go through the rest of your day or through the rest of your week, through the rest of your life, and wanting to draw closer to God through his word? Thank you for tuning in to Working With The Word today. We have one more episode to release for this year, so stay tuned. If you would like to find out a little more about Working With The Word, you can find and reach out to us on Facebook at Working With The Word, on Instagram at workingwiththeword.podcast, or send us an email to workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity.